Hey everyone, I'm Veronica Roshek, and I'm your host of the Amplify Iowa podcast. This is a place to hear the stories of our favorite, some of the fastest growing, and some super unique local businesses directly from their leaders. Thank you so much for being here. Let's go ahead and get started. Today's episode is featuring One Iowa. I have Courtney Reyes here, who is the executive director at One Iowa. One Iowa is a statewide nonprofit that advocates for and improves the lives of LGBTQ Iowans. Courtney, thank you so much for taking the time to be on this podcast with me today. Yeah, thanks so much. I'm happy to be here. Again, my name is Courtney Reyes. I am the executive director of One Iowa, and my pronouns are she, her, and hers. Yes, thank you so much. Uh, if you could just tell us a little bit more about One Iowa and your story and how you have gotten involved and become the executive director here. Yeah, absolutely. So um, One Iowa is a statewide nonprofit, and we actually started back in 2005 as a marriage equality organization. So the co-founder of this of One Iowa had the foresight to say, if we could get marriage in Iowa, we could get marriage anywhere. Um, I still get to talk to Sharon Malero. Uh, she's the co-founder of this organization, and I, I sort of fangirl every time I get to talk to her because she had such an impact on the LGBTQ community and continues to have that impact today. Um, but we became the third state in the nation to have marriage a lot marriage equality be the rule of the land. Um, so that's pretty incredible when you think about our tiny Midwestern state that that our dream came true back in 2009. So every year we get to celebrate um, that marriage equality ruling. And that was actually my first, uh, my first instance with one Iowa. I was sitting on my couch with my wife and I was like, what is this party that's happening? Like everybody on social media was at this party and it was the One Iowa Gala. And then the next year I worked at One Iowa and helped to get to help plan that event. And now I'm the executive director. So um, it's been kind of a wild ride. I started as the office assistant back in 2017 and they just needed a body that the organization was growing and they needed somebody to come in and help them out. And I just kept saying like, I can do that. I can plan that event. I can um, go to that meeting. And I think it's a true story of just like inserting yourself. We're often told like, no, you can't do that. You don't have that experience. Um, I've never been an executive director before. And so that's one of my favorite things. And I guess something that I'm proud of of myself is that, um, I just kind of took the opportunities and kept applying myself and putting myself in situations to grow and learn on the job. And so grateful for people around me who trusted me and believed in me. So um, it's been a wild ride. Uh, November 8th was my one year anniversary. And I got to tell you, running a small nonprofit um, your first year in a global pandemic is hmm. something that I just wasn't quite ready for. But, um, but we made it. Yeah, that's wonderful. I really love that thought process of, you know, you just kept creating that spot for yourself. And I think oftentimes we just, we limit ourselves before there's even that opportunity uh, to have a, a place or we, you know, we self-eliminate ourselves from like a role. And so 
for one, I think that's really empowering. Uh, and so that's, that's really cool. And, uh, yeah, I really appreciate you being here and for advocating for the community and running this nonprofit that runs, you know, very similar to any other sort of a non, a business, you are still making all of the business decisions there. Correct. I think that oftentimes we do as a general community kind of forget that like nonprofits still need money to operate, right? Like we still need revenue. We still have to, um, have things to accomplish our mission. Uh, do you want to tell us a little bit more about how uh, that works there and what you advocate for in the community, how that works? Yeah, absolutely. So I do try to run our um, small nonprofit as a small business. I really believe that that helps bring value to what we have to offer. Oftentimes people think that our services are free and and I have to remind them gently, like, no, we're providing an area of expertise for your company um, and we need to be paid. That helps pay our bills. We have bills just like everyone else. So one Iowa, um, obviously I think I'm a little biased, but I think we're a really rad organization. We uh, have two separate arms of our org and I'll talk about one Iowa first, and that's really an education based organization. So back in 2017, we took a look at where do we need to be making an impact in the LGBTQ community? And we had three key areas really come up for us. And the first one is access to affirming healthcare. Mm. So right now in Iowa, um, transgender individuals are driving about 90 minutes to get to an affirming healthcare provider. So imagine having to figure out how to drive three hours in one day for a doctor's appointment that isn't related to you being transgender. It's just related to you needing to go to the doctor. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's just a lot of barriers with healthcare anyways, and we want to eliminate as many of those barriers as possible. So we spend a significant amount of time training healthcare providers, and that's just not physical healthcare providers, but that's the folks who sit at the front desk to make sure that they're yeah. a a welcoming and affirming person as soon as you walk in the door because when we're looking at the LGBTQ community, um, we really want to make sure that folks feel safe. Safety is so important when you're having a relationship with a healthcare provider. You have to be able to tell them the most personal details of your life. Um, and if you don't feel safe enough to do that, you're not going to get the healthcare that you need. So we spend a lot of time training individuals, mental health providers, dentists, chiropractors, anybody that we would need to go and see as a part of our overall health, we're training those individuals. So that's one way that we make an impact in the LGBTQ community. A second area that we really saw needed a lot of help was the workplace. So we spend a significant amount of time at in our workspaces. And if that's not an, a safe and affirming place for you, it's really hard to be your best self and provide your best work. So we, again, just like the healthcare, we provide education um, opportunities to companies big and small. And a lot of our education is focused on just building a foundational knowledge of the LGBTQ community. We have a lot of people who want to be advocates and allies, but just maybe don't know the best information. And that's okay. 
So we want to give folks really solid educational opportunities. And we have a series of trainings that we do. We host conferences throughout the year. So we try to make sure that there's plenty of learning opportunities for individuals. And you don't have to be a member of One Iowa. You don't have to be working at a specific place. We try to offer things to the broader community so people can always be learning. So I'm hopeful that folks listening to this will tune into One Iowa and see what we're doing. And that's how we can be better advocates and allies is by constantly learning. So those are our first two arms. And last year alone, in a global pandemic with a team of four, we trained over 2,000 individuals. Wow. So we have a huge impact. Um, I love to brag up our program director, Max Mellett. He has a really rad vision of how we can make really great change in our state. Um, we have this small but mighty team, and everybody pitches in and, and, and makes us keep moving forward. So that is kind of the educational arm of our One Iowa, and then we have an LGBTQ Leadership Institute. We looked around and we saw that there was a need for, specifically for an LGBTQ-based leadership institute. There's many leadership institutes throughout our state, but those are often focused on professionals. So you need to be like climbing some corporate ladder. And we believe that there are leaders everywhere, whether you're in a corporation or you're an artist or somewhere in between, we want to make sure that folks can find their authentic voice so they can be an advocate in their community. And so this program has been incredibly successful. Um, way more than half of individuals have reported back to us making a change because they left their job that wasn't affirming and went to a more affirming job. Mm. Folks have started nonprofits. Folks are sitting on human rights commissions and boards, and um, they just have more power when you have people around you who really support you for who you are. Um, you can do really cool things. So there are, the applications are actually open for that right now. So if anybody's listening, that the only requirement to be in the LGBTQ Leadership Institute is to be out and to be working towards some sort of goal. Um, so that is our third program that we really focus on, and uh, it brings me a lot of joy because the folks in the Leadership Institute are just incredible. So I can't wait to see who our next class is. That's awesome. So, yeah, there's a lot going on for a oh team God, of so four busy. people. Yeah. <laughs> And there's way more yeah, than I know just support. Okay, person. great. Yeah, even if there's five, there's obviously way more um, involvement that, of course, is making all of these movements go forward. Um, lots of advocates and volunteers and a board and all, all of that good stuff. But you guys are making a huge difference. So uh, thank you for taking thank the you. time to do that and making that your mission. Um, I personally am certainly uh, – I try very, very hard to be uh, an advocate for all people uh, and all types of diversity that you could consider diversity of anything that makes people different. Um, I yeah. think it is crazy that we're living in a world where we are doing that still, but it is an issue and we need to have some awareness around that, I believe. And so mm -hmm. Uh, and creating that awareness and being able to advocate for people that are maybe different than who we are or whoever you happen to be as you are listening to this. Even if you're like, oh, I totally get that and I'm not, um, I'm 
not anti-LGBTQ or not anti-anything else. What, as these people, like I think about the healthcare example, for ex and um, I can't imagine not feeling safe. Like that's just, that seems like such a basic, it honestly kind of gives me goosebumps right now to think about not being safe yeah. and having to travel to find somewhere that's a safe place to go to get a basic need. Uh, what are things that we can do as a community, as people, um, just in our everyday lives to be a little bit more aware? Yeah, I love that question because there are some really small things that can make a big difference. So when I'm talking about advocating for the LGBTQ community, we often know uh, lesbian, gay, bisexual individuals um, and that movement has moved forward a lot. Like, you know, in the past 50, I think we're at 51 years since Stonewall, since mm -hmm. this uprising of les gay and lesbian folks, that movement is keeps moving forward. But there's really um, a lot of unknowns about the transgender community. A lot of folks believe that they've never met a trans person before. Um, and so there's a lot of fear and there's a lot of discrimination happening. Mm -hmm. um, so one of the things that I would encourage folks to do is to learn about the trans community. Mm -hmm. um, there are plenty of Netflix documentaries. There are books. Um, follow people on social media. This one seems really silly, but diversify your social media feed. If every person looks like you on your Instagram scroll, um, you're not going to hear the stories of other people. And I truly believe that um, changing hearts and minds comes from storytelling. So, for example, you said you don't feel safe going, you know, like you can't imagine feeling unsafe going to a healthcare provider. A, a personal tidbit, um, I'm married to a woman. Mm -hmm. I go to the doctor and, you know, you have to you get this form slid to you and you have to check a box and it's like, what if your, what if your, your sexual orientation or gender identity isn't on that box? Do you not see me as a human being? Do I not mm. fit? Um, are you going to ask me the right questions to make sure that my healthcare is what I need? Um, and then once you get into the room, um, folks are often asked about their, um, sexual activity, right? This always makes people uncomfortable, so I hope it doesn't make your viewers uncomfortable. <laughs> but it's so important because I get asked these unnecessary questions of what kind of birth control am I on and why am I not on birth control? It's like, well, did you read my chart? I am in a relationship with a woman. Like, this isn't an issue for me. <laughs> and in just these, like, teeny tiny things that people can do, um, can make a huge difference in the in the quality of care. So so maybe your folks are saying, well, I'm not a doctor. I can't ask those questions. But what you can do is ask your doctor. Ask your doctor if they have been trained to be more aware of the LGBTQ community. Have they received any training? Um, why aren't there pronouns? Pronouns are one of the biggest mm. ways we can make an impact. Um, so I introduce myself always. Uh, my name is Courtney, and my pronouns are she, her, and hers. So I am a person who identifies as female, and I was assigned female at birth. So people assume that my pronouns are she always. Like, I'm pretty femme presenting, right? But if I'm a trans person, uh, maybe I'm not gifted that. Um, folks make a lot of assumptions about people's gender. And so as a person who, a cisgender person, 
I'm giving permission to trans folks and non-binary individuals to give an opportunity to say their pronouns. So as a cis person, that is one of the most powerful things I can do is put it in my Zoom account, put it on my Teams, mm-hmm. put it in my email, make your pronouns known um, so people have the opportunity to introduce themselves with their pronouns because maybe their pronouns are different than what somebody assumes their gender is. Hmm. Yeah, that's um, great. That's Thank you for giving some tangible tips. Fun. Yeah, those are good. Yeah. Uh, um, my one last um, yeah. tip no, keep going. is to... Uh, to, to stop assuming people's gender and stop assuming people's sexual orientation. Um, I have two kiddos. Um, and so that automatically in my, in a lot of people's mind makes it. So I'm married to a male. Um, uh, one story that really sticks out to me, I was calling pre COVID back in the days of plane travel and hotels. I, Um, was calling to make a reservation at a hotel and I was just very kindly asking the person to book me a room and they said oh how exciting you're bringing your um, husband here for Father's Day and I was like no I'm I'm not and then I have to make a decision do I say I'm bringing my wife or do I say um nothing. And, and then I don't know if this is a safe place for me to go. Um, and then they kept going as like, Oh, well, you're, you're just, not, I said, it's actually for my birthday. And they're like, Oh, well, you're bringing your husband with you. Right. And it's like, please just stop. Mm. <laughs> I'm bringing my wife. And so uh, people make so many assumptions. Um, and that would be, it's hard to do. Um, but your brain can be retrained to stop putting gender on folks and um, giving them the opportunity to tell you, tell them about tell you about themselves is such a powerful way to get to know individuals because the gender binary our brains are really set up to think about everything in male and female and so that would be my challenge to folks is to think about how do we de gender our language um, where I know I do it all the time like hey guys hey ladies mm-hmm. I'm just taking those gendered words out of it. Um, you'll hear me say folks a lot um, okay. because it's very gender inclusive. Um, mm-hmm. I'm also asked a lot if I'm from the South because I say y'all and I'm not from the South, but I am mm-hmm. just trying mm-hmm. to be inclusive of individuals. Hmm. That's a really great tip. Um, I also, uh, and I've brought this up on this platform before on this podcast, but if you haven't heard, uh, I started my career as a teacher. And so I was in schools and I feel like in addition to everything you're talking about, especially with genderizing people, um, it can start so much younger, right? Like uh, with your own kids and everything too. But I know that 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 is something that schools are certainly working towards, but can always get better is um, we don't have to uh, label people. Um, we, 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 we just are so like inclined to create labels for some reason as a society. Yeah. If we just kind of, um, yeah, like you said, rework that or try to just be inclusive opposed to separating and creating these boundaries. Um, that makes a lot of sense. I think our brains are are set up that way. Yeah. It's like, I'm going to file this away and that'll help me sort it. And so, um, when you talk about, uh, kiddos, it just, 
there are so many kids who are coming out earlier as trans and non-binary or just coming out as LGBTQ in some way. And one of the things we can do is just to affirm them and support them in what, whatever, they, whatever they're expressing, letting them know that they're so incredibly loved and then affirm them in whatever that is. Um, and so that's what we spend a lot of time advocating at the Capitol about because um, I don't know if we want to head that way yeah. yet, but yeah. um, our state has is a really interesting place to live in right now if you're mm-hmm. an LGBTQ individual. Um, so there's a second half to my organization that is a, a different arm, um, and it's called One Iowa Action, and the purpose of One Iowa Action is to... Um, advocate for LGBTQ Iowans in a policy way. And and a lot of that work comes at the Iowa legislature. Right now we are in session and we have had 14 anti-LGBTQ bills introduced in our state. Hmm. We are one bill away from being the number one state in the country for introduction of anti-LGBTQ bills. It is just phenomenal that this continues to happen. Last year we had 14 total and we're already at 14 and we have two weeks left in the session. So we're just waiting for those other bills to drop. Um, And these, a lot of people say to me, well, Courtney, those bills aren't going to pass. Yeah, I I hope not because we Mm -hmm. are working our booties Mm -hmm. off to make sure that they don't pass. I have to spend a lot of energy and my policy director and our coalition spend so much energy making sure that these don't pass. But the impact that it has on the LGBTQ community is so great. And most of these bills are anti-trans bills, anti-transgender bills. So they're targeting the trans community. And not only are they targeting the trans community, they're targeting trans youth. So Mm -hmm. think of kiddos in school, kindergarten, high school kids, the range, there are eight currently bills that are targeting anti-LGBTQ youth. And so we need to be sending a message to kiddos saying you are worthy and you are valid and you have so much to add to our community. And then our legislature is making a very loud statement saying you shouldn't exist. And that is what powers me to keep fighting. And I am so tired. Um, if you've ever talked to a lobbyist or somebody who has to work at the Capitol right now, um, we are tired, um, but we will not stop fighting um, for LGBTQ people, especially LGBTQ and youth in the trans community. So if, I ha- if there are any trans or non-binary folks listening, know that we will not stop fighting for you. You are loved, you are valued, and you are worthy of living in our state and not being attacked. And so that's why that's the second arm of our organization. And it keeps us really busy right now um, because these bills won't stop coming. Yeah. Uh, It's honestly kind of hard for me to figure out even how to respond to that without it being just really negative because I just don't understand why uh, our legislator decides to spend so much time on those issues and bringing them up as bills. Sure, absolutely. There's enough um, good people, or at least we would surely hope, that those sort of bills are not going to uh, pass. Enough people that are uh, progressive and thinking about inclusivity and making sure that people know that they matter and are cared about, 
but the fact that they exist period that they're um that they're being brought up and that they're continuing to be reintroduced uh is incredibly discouraging so when we think about um being in iowa and i think about like of course i i love the community of des moines and uh you know you think about it being iowa nice and being a community where you can um love your neighbor and help the people around you and uh, have somebody help you as you're walking down the street if something were to happen. And it's just a very Mm -hmm. overall, for most of us, a very, very safe place. Um, As someone in the LGBTQ community, what um, what are other things that maybe a majority of people that aren't drawing attention to these things that are going on. Um, Not that they don't care. Maybe they're just not thinking about them on a regular basis. What are things that we can be thinking of and advocating for that are just related to, you know, uh, walking down the street or being in the community that so that we're also consistently making it a uh, positive place to be so that this sort of legislator, for example, does not pass in the future in this state and that we do not become the very worst place to live. Yeah. Yeah. We're, 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 we're on our way. Um, Something I I love how you said that, um, that you, you want to believe that we have enough people to, to stop these bills. And I am the same way. Like I want to believe that we have the numbers for good. Um, But I also believe that we are very comfortable if something isn't impacting our life directly. And so that is one of my, I don't know, something the past year has really taught me is to get uncomfortable and you're going to have to have a lot of hard conversations. And those are going to come from having conversations with your family and friends and neighbors and those people who will help you out, but you, the challenging people's thoughts of why why did you stay silent on this? Why did you not speak out on this? Um, and I think something else to remember is that the LGBTQ community in Iowa is not just white individuals who live in the city. LGBTQ people are Black, Indigenous, people of color um, with all sorts of abilities. Um, our intersections are so incredibly beautiful. And the more and more layers you put on us, uh, the more oppressed we are. So I'm just thinking about the Black queer folks and the Black community in general in our state and the extreme racism that continues to happen. And so while people are very uncomfortable talking about race, Mm -hmm. people are very uncomfortable talking about LGBTQ equality, um, a good reminder is that we're not fighting to have more. We're just fighting to be considered as equals and that we deserve to thrive and grow in our communities just as as much as the next person. And so um, a lot of folks, I encourage them to get uncomfortable um, speaking up in meetings. Uh, I've chatted with a couple of my peers and we've had this, this happens almost every time I'm in a meeting and I speak out and I say something um, that I feel is valuable, like I'll call out an injustice or say, what are we doing to make this a more fair and equitable um, event? And 
people will text me directly or, you know, chat me in Zoom, um, but they won't say anything in mm-hmm. the meeting. Mm-hmm. And so it doesn't do any good if you text me directly. You have to say it. You have to speak out. If you hear somebody saying something that you agree with, say, yes, I support this too. This is important to me too. Otherwise, it's me just like waving my flag of saying, hey, we matter. I need people who don't look like me and don't love like me to speak up and speak out. Um, Audre Lorde is one of my favorite quotes that I have. It's it's sitting here. Um, obviously, this is a podcast, so you can't see it. But it says, your silence will not protect you. And that is something that I've just been clinging to in the past year um, because it won't, it won't protect us. We have to speak up and we have to speak out. Um, if you want to make your neighbors feel more affirming, you know, feel safer in your neighborhood, it seems silly, but a pride flag, a trans flag, this signal of saying, like, I've, there are people out here that support me. When I walk down my street, it happens to be three of my friends live on the street, and they are, they have pride flags in their, out on their um, porches. And that's that symbol to me saying, hey, they do support the work that I do. Um, and just those little things. It's asking questions, making sure that when you support a business, does this support does this business support LGBTQ folks? Does this business support Black folks? Um, and that and put your money there and celebrate that um, because we need folks to put their name on the line um, to speak out for equality. And I'm not talking cancel culture here. I'm talking like mm-hmm. the people who are doing the work. Um, make them say that out loud. Make mm-hmm. them say that they support that because. We have, I always talk, I always think about power and privilege. Um, And some of us have incredible power and privilege. Um, I have a lot of power and privilege due to my position, uh, that my white passing skin, that I'm femme presenting. You know, I have all of these privileges. And if I don't give up my power so that somebody else can speak out and speak up or, or amplify somebody's voice, then I'm not doing my job very well. So or I'm always asking folks to, to talk about how are you going to give up your power mm-hmm. and how are you going to give up some privilege so somebody else can have an opportunity. That's beautiful. Yeah, I like it. Uh, getting uncomfortable is always a good thing. Starting this for me was incredibly uncomfortable. And I think that, yeah, you're, you're right. We have to we have to use our voices. We have to, uh, it doesn't do a lot to just think it or just feel it. Um, we have to be able to present it. The other sector that you have talked about as uh, one of one Iowa's sectors of their business is workplace and workplace awareness, workplace safety. Um, and a lot of the community here is very geared towards that uh, business community and in particular mm-hmm. people that may be in control, whether they're the owner or aspiring to be a business owner or something of that sort. And uh, as you are doing that, as you are, I'm thinking of like, you know, maybe a job posting or um, a workplace event or as someone's starting new, any of these sort of things, uh, what should we be doing to be even more inclusive and just forthright that we are uh, supportive and, you know, we are advocating for all people, that there's no uh, boundaries or, you know, um, there's going to be 
no uh, judgment, no, you know, uh, negativity, anything like that. Absolutely. So workplace is a huge part of our work here. And you're right. So the business community can be such a huge ally for the LGBTQ community. A few things to get you started is to um, open your mindset to who you want your employees to be. Um, Oftentimes, I mean, we're very well of educational privilege. And so job descriptions will say like, you must have a master's degree. We'll think about all the black and brown folks and LGBTQ folks who haven't had the opportunity to pursue a master's degree. Um, because they haven't had, they don't have that educational privilege. And so uh, would they be incredibly qualified for your position? Absolutely. Um, And so those are, um, that's one way. The ACLU of Iowa has incredible job descriptions. They Mm. talk about diversity, equity, inclusion. So if you're looking to hire, really looking at what does your job application say, um, making sure your um, the salary range is on there um, because otherwise it's this guessing game and you can be lowballed because you're a, you know, an immigrant person. Mm-hmm. Um, and you want to believe that those, those um, discriminations don't happen, but they do. Mm-hmm. They happen every single day. Um, and it, it is, it's pretty wild. So being really transparent is a great way um, to recruit a diverse population of folks to, to serve with your organization. Um, changing, I hear all the time, well, there just aren't that many LGBTQ people. Let me tell you, we are everywhere. We live all across the state. Um, you just have to advertise in different places. So thinking about where are you putting a job posting? Where are you posting your events? If you're only getting the same people over and over at your events, Mm-hmm. Think about where you're posting this information, and then are you going to any effort to make this feel safe and inclusive? So when we have in-person events, one of the best things you can do is to make sure that there is a uh, non-gendered restroom. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's That's something that folks don't think about a lot. Mm-hmm. We need to be able to make sure that trans and non-binary individuals have a basic human need met to be able to use the restroom while they're in a place. Um, Again, pronouns are so important to make sure that we're talking about that. Have your speakers be introduced with their pronouns. And then really taking a look at your systems. We know that discrimination and racism is built into our systems. It's built into our country. And so as companies, um, my, my wife works in the tech world. And so we're always talking about how do you diversify what that looks like? And it's recruiting individuals and breaking those systems down that of folks that don't look like you, because knowing that you have a di- diverse group of thinkers in your workplace is going to make your bottom line better. Because if How can you have new good ideas if everybody thinks the same and has had the same life experience? So Mm -hmm. I truly believe that diversity drives um, incredible, incredible work. So those are a few things that you can do. But then it's challenging the businesses around you and challenging, challenging your business. What does your leadership team look like? What's your board of directors look like? Does everybody look the same? Is everybody upper middle class from the corporate America? Those those folks have different life experiences than um, 
the vast majority of our state. And so it's really challenging and knowing that it's long-term work. This yeah. isn't something that happens. Like we don't, we don't train a company and then it's like, okay, great. You've got a gold star and <laughs> you are good to go. You won't discriminate against LGBTQ people. It is constant. And so we are a great place to start, like a shameless plug. That's what we do. We train companies, big and small. Um, we don't have to be a corporation for us. We train small businesses all the time for us to come in and give you some foundations of, of where to really start and how to be affirming of the LGBTQ community. One of the things I love the most about our programming is we try to make it really intersectional because the LGBTQ community is, like I said before, we're not just white um, urban folks. We, we live all over and we are made up of all different backgrounds. And so um, that's a good place to start is at One Iowa. We have a lot of resources to offer from trainings to paper, paperwork and policy review. Um, that's a great place to start for your for your companies is to really look at what your policies look like. Um, does it make, if you are a transgender person, would you want to work there? Mm. You know? Yeah. That's great. Yeah, yeah, there's so much tangible advice in there. I think that that will yeah. support so many people. I see some of those questions or some of the things that you literally just talked about on like Facebook group posts and sort of those sort of things. People are asking questions or at least in the communities that I am certainly involved in. People are asking questions they want to know. And I think that's always yeah. a great thing too is like if you don't know, like the best thing to do is just ask, right? Like people are willing to uh, – talk and give those answers and uh give that support so that um you know you you don't have to just guess that you know and yes. that you're being supportive like go ahead and check it it's okay uh so yeah absolutely yeah. one of the things I've been trying to think about this year is to ask the the person that I'm trying to help like there's so many fundraisers right there's so many community yes. needs yes and it's easy to come up with like oh I'll just um, donate some money or I'll drop yeah. off clothes or, you know, whatever, whatever it is. A, a prime example, there was a little nonprofit over in Marshalltown that I wanted to support. And I was like, can I send you some cash? And she was like, well, I guess I don't know what we would do with that, but could you send me some gift cards? And I was like, oh, I was trying to solve your problem without asking yeah, you what your solution a, was. Mm -hmm. And so just that reminder of like, just ask, um, Folks are willing to share if your if your intent is really wholesome and good, then mm -hmm. people want people want to um, help you out. Yeah, I love that. Thank you. Uh, just to kind of wrap up here, um, where can people find uh, One Iowa on social media in the community to be able to uh, maybe, whether it's just to create more awareness in their own lives on a daily basis or to be able to support? Yes, absolutely. So One Iowa and One Iowa Action are both active on Facebook and Twitter. Um, lots of good information there. We try to post a lot of thought-provoking articles. Um, One Iowa Action's Facebook page is a great place to learn about what's happening in the Iowa legislature right now. Um, Keenan does a great job of keeping that up to date. Uh, we also have Instagram for One Iowa. Please check that out. Um, Maddie, our comms person, is always posting things that um, lead me to following new people and, like, thought-provoking um, 
posts. So be sure to check that out. But then we have a beautiful brand new website, oneiowa.org. Um, that is a great place to donate. We, we are a nonprofit. Donations are um, always welcome and know that I literally see them when they come in mm -hmm. and as the executive director gets so excited when we see those donations come in because that's telling us people believe in the work that we're doing. Um, and so there's an option to set up a monthly donation. Reoccurring donations are huge for nonprofits um, because that is income that we can count on. And so uh, that's a great place to donate and support us. Otherwise, liking, sharing our information, I know that sounds so silly, but when you share out our information, you're saying, I stand with the LGBTQ community. Hey, come to this event with me. Come check this out. Let's learn together. And that's so powerful because when we normalize learning as normal, um, especially about things we, we don't know about, like that's so cool. And what a, what a great way to, to spend some time as folks want to be really good allies and advocates. Awesome. Yes. Thank you so much for sharing that and uh, giving us lots and lots of great um, advice and tangible things to think about and telling us all about One Iowa. Uh, and thank you, Courtney, for what you're doing for our community. Thank you so much for having me. Um, please reach out if you have questions. I would love to help you all out. And I just really appreciate you taking the time to talk about us today. Yes. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to the Amplify Iowa podcast. If you enjoy these stories, please leave us a review, subscribe on your favorite podcast platform, and follow Amplify Iowa on social media. A-M-P-L-I-F-I-A. Amplify Iowa. Small businesses. Doing big things.